Hey, you're listening to the RFWP Podcast with your host, Lois McNair and Emily Lewis, where you'll find candid conversations, transparent faith, encouragement, the occasional sarcasm, and a whole lot of grace as they share their walk with Jesus. Here's today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Kendra at Scripture Flips. Who do you know that needs a flip right now? (laughs) No, I'm not talking about that type of flip. We're talking about Scripture Flips. God's Word is the lifeline we need, and every Scripture Flip has pages and pages of it. Scripture Flips are small, convenient, and easy to keep with you at all times. Kendra also has journals, mugs, tumblers, pens, so many other things in her shop. You can receive 20% off of anything from Scripture Flips by just going to the link in our show notes, following that guide, and then when you get done, hop on over to ScriptureFlips.com and check out all of the goodies. Again, this episode is sponsored by Kendra at ScriptureFlips.com, and Kendra, thanks for your sponsorship. My name is Lois McNair, and with me is my co-host, Emily Lewis. Hi, Emily. Hi there. So do you have a micro joy this week? I do. I want to hear it. Tonight, as I was coming into the office to record, there were so many birds just happy um, chirping and tweeting. They were tweeting. I don't know if that's not the right word. Were they using hashtags when they tweeted? No, they were much kinder than Twitter. Well, that's good. No, they were so happy and just, I don't know, made me smile. Yeah. I love to watch birds. I love to hear them sing and talk and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. What's your micro joy this week? So my micro joy also happened this evening, um, but I have to tell you kind of how it started out. Okay. So my mom is visiting with my one of my sisters in California right now, and she's mm-hmm. out there for six weeks. And anyway, so we've been getting pictures and updates and, you know, I just love, I just love all that. Anyway. But this afternoon, I got a text from one of my sisters, my sister that's in California, and all it said was, I hope I didn't just throw you under the bus. Let me just tell you, it is never good when you get a text that says, I hope I didn't just throw you under the bus. Because then your brain just goes, oh my gosh, what is she talking about? What did she say? What did I say that she said that I said, you know, just her whole brain just goes. 90 miles an hour. And so then she, um, and my sister, uh, Lori is an avid listener of our podcast, which I didn't even push it with family. So I just love the fact that she, she's doing that. But anyway, she said, well, I'm sewing this afternoon and I put on the, uh, RFWP podcast and I was like, oh, and she goes, And mom recognized your voice. (laughs) Well, see, mom doesn't know that I do the RFWP podcast. (laughs) 
so um, I'm just like, oh my gosh, here we go, you know. And I just have to tell you, um, I think Lori had had backed up a little bit and and catching different episodes because she she doesn't listen every week, and she was listening to your story, your story, because she oh, texts okay. me. She goes about Emily's story. Well, apparently my mom just got clued in and she sat and listened to the whole episode. And so I guess just a couple hours before you and I were scheduled to record tonight, I get a phone call from my mom and I'm going, okay, let's see how this goes. (laughs) And it was the sweetest thing. And she was so excited. And she she named you by name. You know, she said, and Emily. Mm. And because right now for my mom, she's in that place where she's not remembering things, not remembering names. And, you know, mm. sometimes she does, sometimes she doesn't. And she just loved the episode. And she's like, I'm just so proud of you guys. And she said, I didn't know you were on air. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. And and so just to, you know, um, hear her be excited, you know, given our content and the fact that, you know, she has spent her entire life in ministry um, in mm-hmm. that circle, but anyway, I guess it, it was a micro joy and a macro joy because it was just precious. And she just, she loved it. And she, um, she's like, so you guys just got to know each other in January and you, you know, so it was just, it was super cool. So yeah, that was, it was not a micro joy Monday because it was a Tuesday, but that was super cool to have mom respond that way. Mm-hmm. Oh, so. how fun. I'm glad you got that moment with your mom. Yeah. And I'm excited to jump into today's topic of loving people well. Yeah. Today we're talking about love. <laughs> There's so much to learn on that, to loving and living like Jesus. So that's right. where we're at today. Yeah. Yeah. So I really just kind of want to jump straight into um, this topic of loving God, loving others, um, by just giving several verses of scripture about what it looks like for us to love each other biblically, what scripture calls us to do. Awesome. First Peter 4, verse 8. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35 A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And that's just, Mm -hmm. that's just three different passages. And 
there are multitudes and multitudes of passages about how we are to love one another. In 1 Corinthians 16, 14, it says, let all that you do be done in love. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, yeah. we know 1 Corinthians chapter 13 talks about the perfect love. And right. Romans 12, chapter 10, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. So these are just a few verses of what it means to love others biblically. So good. I already feel like we could wrap up the episode. Just go read those. (laughs) Yeah. What is so important as we start this conversation is to recognize where does this love come from? Because the last thing we want is to feel like, oh, okay, I've got to do better. I've got to be better, be more. And while it's obviously convicting when we think, oh yeah, I need to love so-and-so well, or I need to love my family better and maybe not react so quickly or whatever God is convicting on your heart to love people better by doing that has to flow from his love for us. It's not something we muster up. So I'd love to take us into just some awe of God's love and how the Bible backs it up. Like we love because he first loved us. And that's, that's in first John chapter four. And growing up with the King James, it says we love him because he first loved us. And quite a few other translations take that even broader. And we love like blanket. We love anyone because he first loved us. And that shows us that his love pours out of us because his love pours into us. And I just love Zephaniah 317. I'm pretty sure I used it on the affirmations I posted to Hmm. Patreon last week. Zephaniah 317 says, the Lord, your God is with you. The mighty warrior who saves, he will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Mm. That promise just blows my mind. And then uh, 1 John 4, 7, which 1 John is one of the books that I've camped out in. I don't know if we've talked about that. But over the last few years, 1 John is one of the ones that I can just like reread over and over and over. But um, 4, 7 says, Dearly beloved, let us love one another, for charity is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. And I think, did you just read that? Yeah, I, I think. It's just so um, good. It is. It is. And, you know, when you were reading that, it reminded me when I was younger, the way that I memorized that verse was a song. Oh, fun. And I am not going to sing it for you right now, but <laughs> it, but it was um, the end of it was just like first John four, seven and eight, you know, like <laughs> you, but the beloved, let us love one another. So I have a question for you because we're talking about loving God, talking about mm-hmm. loving others. Well, 
um, and establishing God's love for us, like one of the most well-known verses, for God so loved the world that he gave his Mm -hmm. only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. So we know these verses are in scripture about how to love each other well. We know these verses are in scripture about um, loving God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength, and to love others as we love ourselves. We know that there are verses in scripture about God's love for us. But what, what do you say to those that were raised in such an environment, Emily, that it caused them to constantly question God's love for them or even understand how he feels about them in, an, in a healthy biblical way? Yeah. Ah. I would want, I just want everyone to know that they are unconditionally loved. It changes absolutely everything when we know that. And that leads me back to first John again. Mm-hmm. First chapter three, verse one says, see what great love the father has lavished on us mm-hmm. that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it, it, it did not know him. Like He has lavished that on us and we are different. We are the children of the most high God and standing in that identity. That's what I would say. That is the truth. It's not fluff. It's not extra. Cause I think a lot of times that feels extra like, Oh, that might be a little over the top, but the Bible uses language like lavished and mm-hmm. he will rejoice over you with singing for a reason. That's how deeply God feels about you. That's what I would want people to know. Yeah. So knowing how um, a lot of people who were raised in church or raised in Christian homes were raised with the thought process of, I have to be approved by God. I have to um, do things in order for him to love me. I, and if God, if God really loved me, then why did this happen? So what do you, what do you say? What do we say to, to those? Because I know for me personally, I was in probably my mid thirties to late thirties before I really broke free from that approval process from him and just really began to understand oh my goodness he loves me he's he's crazy mm. about me he yes. is not going to stop loving me okay so i asked you a question oh. and i just kept talking but so so dive into that for us for a second when we are used to trying to earn god's love it is different is that, wasn't that was that your question when we're used to yeah. earning god's love yeah um, it is a cycle that we have to break by sometimes you might have to stop doing some things and recognize, oh yeah, he still loves me. <laughs> like the hammer didn't fall. 
I'm still here. I even, I even heard of a pastor who intentionally tried out God's grace, which sounds insane, but he was like, what if I like didn't go to church on Sunday? Or what if I like did, you know, did some things that at the time made him feel guilty, but he didn't, but he knew that they weren't commands from God. Like not that not going to church, you know, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but if there are things in, in your life where you go, okay, I think this is a tradition and just like test and see and watch God's grace catch you. Hmm. And what you said about God is crazy about you. I remember I loved to tell, um, my mom used this. I think this, I better give her credit for it, <laughs> but I loved to tell the teenagers this and she did too, that if God thinks about you as much as the Bible says he does, you know, the thoughts that I think, um, yeah, and Psalm, one, Psalm 139, right. His thoughts about us are more than the sand. And somebody who thinks about you that much must be crazy about you. Mm. I love that. It's, that's good. It's a cute way to say it, but that's how deeply loved you are. And that's the well we can draw from listening to Pastor Carrie Schmidt. He mm-hmm. did a, um, I don't even remember what the message was totally about. Oh, it was forgiveness, I think. Mm-hmm. But he had, I just listened to it on the podcast, but he had like a giant bag of like M&Ms and poured it into someone's vase that he had on stage holding it until it was like overflowing. And then he said, well, okay, can I have one of those? And the answer is, well, of course you can. I know how deeply loved I am. I know that my cup is full. I know that God is pouring into me. I can love you because of how abundant God's love is in my life. Mm, That's really good. And I know that, um, I know that we probably have a lot of listeners that have the head knowledge because they know scripture that God loves them. But my prayer would be for them to just allow God's word to pour over them to, for them just to soak in it. As um, David says in the Psalms that your word is like marrow to my bones, Mm -hmm. um, which we know is life giving um, yes. you have to have that in order to, you know, to live. And that's the way the psalmist talks about it. I, my prayer is that people can go from that head knowledge, the scriptural knowledge that God loves them to really feeling it in their heart. And I've said this before in speaking but, but sometimes it is um, a really long 18 inches from our brain to our heart. We have the head knowledge, and I'm not talking about somebody's salvation or the lack thereof. I'm talking about somebody who grew up in church, who accepted Christ as their Savior, who has their salvation, but to really feel God's love for them, I, I want it to get from the head to the heart to every, every bit of their soul, spirit, their body, because it Mm -hmm. is in that understanding God's love for us that we 
can in turn love him, not out of commandment, but love him out of who he is and what he has done for us. And when we operate that way, then we can love others well. We can love horizontally well when that vertical love from the Father and love to the Father is in a healthy place. We can genuinely love others. Mm -hmm. So as we transition into that part, loving others well, how would you say we can go about loving others well? Like the first step is obviously our connection to God and his love for us. Where do we go from there? Yeah. Um, that's a huge question and it's a journey, right? Because um, we look at loving others well. We have to understand the love of the Father. And we need to spend time with the Father because... Um, his love should show through us. It's like you said earlier, you use the terminology muster up. And I, and I, I like that terminology because muster literally, I remember being um, on a trip with Bobby. We were on a cruise ship. And when you muster, like you, you put your life jacket on, you go to your muster station. If something were to happen with the ship, you have, you know, you, muster up and you're there. Um, mm. And I think sometimes we look at um, the way that we love God or the way that we love others, that we've got to go to the muster station. We've got to, you know, we got to muster up that, that um, love for others. And, you know, sometimes that can be true because we're not all easy to love, right? Some people are a little bit more difficult right. to love. Sometimes we are those people that are a little bit more difficult to love. Um, but I think it goes back to knowing he loves us, feeling that he loves us, and then being intentional about loving others well. I think intentionality is one of the first steps. After you after you're bathing in God's word and I say bathing and some people are listening like what do you mean bathing? Um <laughs> and then I was going to explain that with the word soaking and yet I'm still leaving some people going all these churchy words. What do you what do you mean by that? What I mean by that is sit listen to God's word meditate on God's word, allow it to infiltrate your life. That's what I mean by soaking, bathing in God's word. That's the first step. And then the second step is when the Holy Spirit speaks to us about loving someone well or showing love to someone, we have to be intentional to obey that prompting. So first we're in mm -hmm. God's word and then we're listening for him to speak to us. And then because we're listening, we will hear him speak to us and then be intentional about 
walking in obedience to show love to somebody. Um, yeah, that's loaded. I, yeah, mm-hmm. but I but I think the more that we do that, the more that we are going to find. Hmm. Let me back up a second because I'm sure I, I'm not sure, but I'm thinking there's probably some people at this point in the episode going, um, love that person. I don't even like that person. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and like you said, we can't muster it up for ourselves, but if we will allow God's love that he has for others to flow through us, then we can show love to someone that we don't even necessarily like. Which is incredible. But we can't Uh, do that in our strength in any way, shape, or form. No, not at all. I was super convicted. What episode did we talk about loving people well? And I was talking about the person who, like, man, if I see them, Mm. I don't want to cross paths with them. And somebody reached out to us. I'll just leave them anonymous. But they reached out and said, thank you so much. I was inspired to ask God for opportunities to show this person that is being a stinker in my life. (laughs) I want to show them love and I'm actually going to pray for opportunities to do that. And I was like, whoa, whoa, you took that to another level. Like actually asking? No, I was still asking to be like, still not have to cross paths with them. Like, I, I will love them metaphorically. <laughs> I don't want opportunities. Anyway, don't don't be going that far with this love thing. <laughs> right. But it but that's but it, what it is true. Mm-hmm. Right now, that's what I, God's love can do in our hearts. Right now, I'm going to give a caveat here because we do have some listeners that I know that they've been hurt by people that they thought loved them. Mm-hmm. we've all been hurt by people that we, you know, I mean, you can't live life and not have been hurt by someone or a situation where you thought somebody loved you, whether it was friendship or it was a, a relationship or it was a marriage or it was a, a um, friendship with people in your church or your pastor or somebody on staff. And that's what's stuck in your head about God's love for you. And let me just encourage you. We as humans, we mess it up a lot of times. Unfortunately. But God never messes it up. He never gets it wrong. He loves you. He loves you no matter what. And we do have to remember that there is evil in this world. We walk around in a fallen world that is, that is hunger, hungry and thirsty for complete restoration as we all are. So if somebody has been that abusive example of God's love for you, I just pray that you are healed from that and that you can just really hear our words, um, that God's love is, is patient. God's love is kind. 
God's love is not arrogant. It's not rude. It doesn't insist on its own way. God's love, true love, is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing. It rejoices with the truth. And love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And love, because God is true love, never ends. You know, prophecies, they will pass away. Tongues, they will cease. Knowledge, it will pass away. But these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. Yeah. That's such a good caveat, or maybe not even a caveat, but just to remember that a lot of people's representation of love in our lives is actually conditional and like not everyone's, but a lot of people represent in our society, the way so many things are structured. Mm -hmm. It's, it's conditional love. So if we are to learn unconditional love, it will take work and getting out the misconceptions. Oh yeah. That's not how God operates. And then before we get into like the practical, how to love people well, I just want to give one more caveat Mm -hmm. Um, that if you have been hurt and you are physically, emotionally, spiritually have been abused, you will still need strong boundaries and Mm -hmm. boundaries are not, not loving people. It is okay to love people through you're not allowed to speak to me this way, or we cannot be alone or no, I'm not going to be around you or whatever your boundary needs to be. Know that set, set that fence and love yourself. Well, I think we get this idea in our mind that we're also not allowed to love ourselves. And when we are truly securing God's love, we can love ourselves and love other people even better. Yeah. And I'd like to, I would like to um, touch on that phrase because um, some people say, well, you just need to love yourself. You guys are talking about a different worldview. And that's not what we're talking about. The truth of the matter is God's love for us when we fully accept it, when we fully see how he feels about us, then we can see ourselves as the father sees us. And that is, is being able to love yourself because we see ourselves the way that he sees us. That's what that's about. And it's powerful. (laughs) If God almighty, who is completely pure and holy can love you, you can love you. Yeah. So loving, loving others well, it tells us in scripture, um, in first John four twenty, if anyone says I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar for he does not love his brother whom he has seen. He cannot love God whom he has not seen. Ephesians five, two. And walk in love, 
as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. First Peter mm-hmm. 2.17, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God. First Thessalonians 3.12, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you. And in that, Paul is writing to the church at Thessalonica, and he's basically teaching them, increase in your love for each other. You've been taught about love. Love one another as Christ loved you. Um, and as as they, you know, as he loves you. Um, and then 1 Thessalonians 4, 4, 9 says, now concerning brotherly love, Um, you have no need for anyone to write to you for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. So there were some things going on in the church in Thessalonica. And I think Paul is saying here, you know, I shouldn't have to be writing this to you. You've been taught by God that you need to love one another. So Mm. I look at that, um, John 13, 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have judgmental spirits and correct them every time they tweet something you don't like. (laughs) Uh, Second book of the opinions. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Let me try it again. John 13, 35. By By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you call out everything that you see, and name it as false teaching. Or mm, if you that. judge somebody for what they're wearing um, and attribute it to their spiritual growth. Or if you, and I could go on, right? Right. I'm being yep. silly. But that's so good what though. we're doing. John 13, 35 says, by this, it's talking about love. All people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Mm -hmm. I encountered um, an atheist on social media this week. Um, Just not somebody that I follow, but just through something somebody sent me, I decided to kind of read and I read on through the thread. And in that Mm -hmm. thread... um, Somebody popped in and said, you know, well, God's not real, so da-da-da-da-da, and said a couple of other things, and and they were kind of snarky, you know. And (laughs) someone popped on, and usually I'll just scroll through those things, but somebody popped on and said um, something along the lines of, that's not true, um... Was talking about heaven and hell and God being real. Uh, that's not true. Uh, you'll find out in the end that God is real. Uh, you'll you'll find out at the end that God is real. Shame on you. I'll pray for you. Hmm. Wait, did you hear what just happened in that tweet? You have an opportunity to show someone that does not believe that God is real, or maybe used to believe that God was real, but because of everything and the pain in their life, whatever they've walked through, maybe they went through abuse themselves or that 
that in their mind no longer believes that God is real. And instead of engaging them in a way that is healthy and loving and say, so, you know, what do you mean by that? Or how did you come to that conclusion and just show love for that person? You literally have someone who's claiming to be a believer telling somebody, well, you'll find out in the end that God is real, then goes on to shame them, which that's a that's another podcast because shame does not come from the Father. Shame them and then say, I'll pray for you. Can I just tell you <laughs> as believers, us as believers, that is not how we win the world. By nope. this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And if you have love for others, that's what that's where it flows from. So coming off of like what it doesn't look like to love people well, <laughs> uh, I love to give just some practical ways. How can we love people motivated by God and his spirit directing us? Like, what are some practical ways that we can love people? That's good. Uh, this is partly inspired by a post by Beth Moore that you sent me like at the end of May. Yeah. So I want to give her credit because she just, she just dumped out so many nuggets. And you um, know, that comes from her being a woman of the word and a woman in the word, mm, which is something that you and I want all of our listeners to be. We all, we all want to be. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. I can't wait to hear it. So the first one is people feel loved when they are listened to. So maybe I won't spend a whole lot of time on each one, but when a friend comes to you and says, ah, this is falling apart. I saw somewhere else. I can't remember where I think it was a Instagram reel. Someone suggested doing this when somebody comes to you and it's like all, you know, up in their emotions and like not having a great time. We can ask, Hey, wow, do you want to talk about that? Or would you, would you rather be distracted from that? And then if they say, oh, I want to talk about it, then you can, then you can ask them, do you want me to help you find a solution or do you just want to vent? And asking those questions Mm -hmm. postures our heart, not to fix it, but to just sit with them. Wow. That is Mm -hmm. so good. I, I love that. Because I'm a natural fixer, so it's good for me to remember to sit mm-hmm. and listen. The next one is willing to be a giver and not just a taker in this uh, affection-impoverished culture. Mm. Ooh, you got you got to read that again. <laughs> be willing to be a giver and not just a taker in this affection impoverished culture. Mm. Everybody needs to be nurtured right now. Everybody could use some, some extra love and compassion. Everybody's, you know, we've all needed nurturing and love and compassion as scripture has told us to show love, but even more so, I think coming out of 2020, um, Mm. which I've heard it said before, but 2020 in a lot of ways was just like um, a dumpster fire. Like it just was, but, but in the midst of all of that, we saw people step up and, 
and love each other well, even in difficult times. But yes, I agree. And even more so now, I think that showing compassion and love and people needing that nurturing is, is so good. That's so good, Emily. Mm, Yeah. So the next one from Beth's post, she said, the friends that love me best don't let me take myself too seriously. And I love that. <laughs> like when when we start to fret or like, ah, did you see what so-and-so said about me? Or like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like right. they don't let us take ourselves too seriously. That's yes. fun, but so necessary. <laughs> um, then don't wait to be asked you know, we say, oh, let me know if I can do anything for you. Hmm. But just go do. Yeah. Go bring somebody a coffee. Go follow those weird nudges. We've talked about this. Right. Like the weird things when God says, go talk to that person. Send so-and-so a text. Drop by some groceries for this friend. And you're like, they don't need that. But you have no idea what the Holy Spirit is orchestrating. And just do it. Do those right. weird things. And watch the Holy Spirit work and use the little random stuff. So good. And yes, when somebody, whatever situation it is, um, whether they've had somebody pass away or they're going through a difficult time or they have had a surgery or they're just a mom of young ones that's just completely worn out. Most of us, if somebody says, um, you know, call me if you need anything. I'm not calling you, you know? I mean, we just, most of us are not like that. Um, I right. think that's where some more true community comes in and we can talk about that at another time, but just say, I want to let you know, I'm, I'm bringing pizza over on Thursday night. Um, you want cheese or pepperoni? <laughs> you know, just right. like yes, yes, yeah, just do it. Absolutely, that's good. that's good. So I have, I think it's like three others. Mm-hmm. Uh, good people that love well call each other out too, which kind of goes along with not letting us take ourselves too seriously. <laughs> but when we we have to earn this place in people's life, but to be able to have somebody who's going to check us is so valuable so that we don't like get off into left field and Mm -hmm. away from God's truth. And And when you say that though, and I just want to sit on that for just a second, when you, when you mention that it's true that we need to earn that. And that would be our closest community. Also, I see a lot of people um, speaking truth, but not in love. Mm-hmm. And love has to be your motivating factor, not I need to prove I'm right, that person's wrong, this and this. No, love has to be the motivating factor. And if it's not, then we need to zip our lip and not say anything until the Holy Spirit prompts us to do so. But I think that's in in our inner circle of friends because we have plenty of um, armchair quarterbacks on social media <laughs> that just love to call everybody out. And I'm not saying that I don't ever call anybody out, um, but there are certain types that, of 
of calling out that that's mm-hmm. just for tight community only. So right. not everybody gets to speak into your life. <laughs> exactly. I love what you said. Zip your lip if it's not, if it's not about, um, guided by God's love. So the last one is kind of the opposite of that. And using our words to remind each other of God's faithfulness mm. and preach the gospel over your people. Remind yeah. them how loved they are. Remind them that Jesus came when we didn't deserve it. God demonstrates his love toward us. When we don't deserve it, it's not that we earn it. We need that reminder over and over and over again. And if you can surround yourself with people that will preach the gospel to you Mm -hmm. and be the kind of person that points people back to Jesus, you are a good friend. Yeah. So she ended that post with love well, help somebody make it. Mm. It's just good. So good. It makes me think of Corey Asbury's song, Reckless Love. Mm-hmm. And I know that that song, when it initially came out a few years ago, took some heat because people misunderstood the message of the song. They misunderstood that um, he was talking about, you know, God not being in control. He's just reckless and just no. what it goes back to the verse that you read earlier about God's love being lavished on us. That's yes. Like it doesn't reckless love. It doesn't make sense for him to love me the way that he does. And it's overwhelming. And I'm so thankful for it. Mm -hmm. It makes me think so good. Well, I would love to close out our time by reading what most everyone knows as the love chapter, but I would love to read it in um, what I think is just a beautiful poetry form by Eugene Peterson. Um, I'd love to read 1 Corinthians 13 um, from the message. And mm, as, for it. yeah, and as I'm, as I'm reading this, um, I, I just pray that it speaks to you speaks over you and that you tangibly feel that God sees you. He loves you. And because of that, you can see others and you can love others well. If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I am nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day. And if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe and what I do, I am bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. It doesn't have a swelled head. It doesn't force itself on others. It's, it isn't always me first. 
Love doesn't fly off the handle. It doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Doesn't revel when others grovel. Takes pleasure in the following or the flowering of truth. Puts up with things. Trusts God always. Always looks for the best. Never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Love never dies. Inspired speech. It will be over someday. Praying in tongues that will end. Understanding will reach its limit. We know only a portion of the truth, and what we say about God is always incomplete. But when the complete arrives, our incompletes will be canceled. Hmm. We don't yet see things clearly. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist. But it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. We'll see it all then, see it all as clearly as God sees us, knowing him directly, just as he knows us. But for right now, until that completeness, we have three things to do to lead us toward that consummation. Trust steadily in God, hope unswervingly, love extravagantly. And the best of these three is love. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. As always, you can reach out to Lois and Emily at hello at sisterseeker.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean the world to us if you would consider supporting the RFWP. You can go to patreon.com slash sisterseeker. Another way to show your support is by leaving us a review. This helps get this cause and this message to more women like you. We'll see you next week. Thanks for being here, friend.